But I hope you see the wisdom of what we're trying to do. And just think about it for eight weeks, okay? Eight weeks. You can fight a bear for eight weeks. You can put up with my shenanigans for eight weeks. Until we get back on course and find out what our destiny is and who's going to be our new minister, we thought we should settle things down and not let things kind of slip through our hands a little bit. And so that's what we're trying to do, okay? And hopefully it will work that way. I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need your phone calls. I'm going to need your guidance. I'm going to need you telling me what is going on and what it needs to be done. Now, I'm not sure about this office hours thing. I'm not getting much done here in the office. Brittany keeps talking to me all day long. <laughs> My ears are worn out this week from Brittany talking to me. Everything I've asked her to do for me, she's done wonderfully. And so we're moving into the 20th century today. I got slides. <laughs> what? Now, if we get through them and get to be able to use them, that, that will be one thing. I'm also going to utilize the bulletin. If you haven't read the cover of the bulletin this week, I spent a lot of time introducing you to what I'm going to talk about over the next eight weeks. And the reason for that is it'll be quicker if you read the bulletin and I won't have to go on and on and on and on. Because my wife has said, you've got to cut out about half of those stories you got. <laughs> so you get the other half in the front of the bulletin, okay? Last fall, I decided to teach a, a class on prayer on Wednesday night. And I did so for one reason, and that is I wanted my prayer life to improve. I knew it was lacking in, in something, in focus, and so I decided that I would undertake a study of prayer, and then the best way to comprehend and understand it is to then try to get up and teach what you thought you've learned and I tried that, and I did that. I don't know how well I did. Those of you who sit in the class, you know and remember us going through it. I just finished this morning my class on the second coming of Jesus Christ and all of the things pertaining to it. And there was a reason that I taught that class. I wanted to know more about the second coming and what the Bible taught and to be convinced and, and know about what I'm talking about, I had to study. And the best way to convey that message is teach it. Okay? So I don't know exactly where this le lesson series is going to go, but the purpose of it is I want a closer relationship with God. I want it to be a personal relationship. And I'm trusting that you do as well. And so I'm undertaking the same thing at the prayer session, a prayer class, and the uh, second coming class. I only got two lessons done, today's and next week's, okay? That's how close this thing is to an alligator snapping me in the backside. So I've got, I've got to get on it and, and make some sense out of it. I don't know. Maybe it won't last eight weeks. I, I don't know. But this... 
Well, let me digress here. Linda Whitworth gave me uh, a little note, passed over the pew before I got up here, that said Dorothy Craig's 99th birthday is this Tuesday. Okay. So we need to send cards to her. Is her address listed anywhere? Do we, do we know what her address is? It's on the directory list? Okay, all right. So send her some cards this afternoon, tomorrow, celebrating her 99th birthday. Okay. So the article that is in front of the bulletin contains the heading Matthew 1, 23, where it talks about you will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. We're going to start back at the very beginning today, in the, the very basic idea. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Skipping a bunch of verses down to 14 of, of John chapter 1. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. A lot is given to us in that scripture. In essence, it says Jesus Christ who can be called the Word, was there at the beginning with God, was God, and it was He that made all things. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. All right, first test. Let's go to the next slide. How? Oh, oh. Where am I? All right. You've heard this scripture before, and it's very much like the one in John chapter 1. In the beginning. Wrong button. Can somebody operate this thing for me? <laughs> Sit right here on the bus, and I'll just point to you. In the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. How many of you are hearing this verse for the first time? No one. In the beginning, God who was called what? The Word? Or called what? Jesus? Or called what? Emmanuel? Was there with God, and it was Jesus that created the heavens and the earth. And after His creation, what did it look like? 
it was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. You, O Lord, Hebrews chapter 1, I'm getting mixed up with this later. And you, O Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. That's verse 10. That's verse 2. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. For by him all things, Colossians 1, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. If you haven't got the picture, I guess I got one more. Revelation 4.11, Worthy are you, O Lord, our God and our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. I think that's enough scripture to tell you and to show you that Jesus was given the responsibility of, of creating by God. He's God. And he also, at a later time, when God desired, he became the Son of God in manly form, in physical form, came here on earth and was with us. You should call his name Emmanuel. God with us. So I think that's, that's pretty clear. The scriptures show that God the Father appointed God the Son to be the creator of our earth and universe. And everything that is in it, big or small, seen or unseen. But the creation revelation, I don't like to call it a story, but the revealing of the creation experience in the Bible always seems to come into conflict with big science. What do you hear? The Big Bang, right? The age of the earth, the dinosaurs. Other troubling mysteries and, of science and nature. Now, here is my theory, or my real uh, rationalization, and you don't have to accept it. You can, you can debate it with me if you'd like, or you can laugh at it if, you, if you'd like. But what about all the, you know, the, the, you read in a book that says the, the earth is millions of years old, right? And yet, we look at the Bible and we see that in six days, God created the, the heavens and the earth. Okay. But very first verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it was without what? Form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And God's spirit hovered over the waters. 
So what were the things that were created when God created the heavens and the earth? Everything. But it didn't have a form to it. All of the elements, all of the physical laws, all of the things that we know as, as truth in our solar system and in our science study and all those kinds of things, God created all of those things. But they didn't have the form. And I don't know how long he left it in that particular way. I don't, I'm not saying, and don't, don't walk out of here thinking, Dan said that, okay, God did it for four million years, and then he created the, the earth. I'm just saying, gold. Where was the gold that God created? It was out there somewhere, but it was... Boyd. It was rolling around. When you were in high school and you studied the periodic table of the elements, if you took chemistry, and if you're like me, you took it a second time. Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. There were 92 elements. Now, today there's 118, I understand, right? 118. And the elements all have a, a structure. They all have a form. They have an atomic weight. Right, Melvin? And they're all different, right? And so all of those properties, all of those things that we have and that exist in the world, God created them. And then you begin in verse 2. And God said, let there be light. It was good. And he separated the light from the dark. He called it day and night. There was evening and morning the first day. Right? Second day, he separated the waters by putting an expanse between the waters. Between the waters that were under the expanse and the waters that were over the expanse. Basically, it's what? What would we call it today? He created the, the water cycle, right? He separated the waters, put them above and put them below the expanse. This expanse, we might call it atmosphere or something, you know, from the earth to the heaven. And that cycle has gone on from the creation. How does it work? Water evaporates and gets up into heaven, into the heavens, to the waters above the expanse. They form clouds. They gather together. Then they come down like rain, like it did yesterday. And that rain accumulates on the ground and it runs into little trickles of, of streams and it goes to creeks, to go to rivers, it goes to oceans. And it gets out in the ocean, and what does it do? It evaporates. And it goes up into the water above the expanse. This, so this is what God did on the second day. He separated the waters and made that expanse between the two. And it was sequenced before the first day. It was the second day, rather. Third day, the waters are gathered together in one place. 
but only those under the heavens where the waters were gathered, the waters were called seas, the earth was called what? Dry land. And God saw that it was good. And he said, let the dry land, earth, sprout vegetation, plants yielding seeds and fruit trees, bearing the seeds inside. There was evening and there was morning. It was the third day. Then we get to the fourth day. Now, what have we got in the first three days? We started off with the heavens and the earth and water without any form. And then God said, let there be light. So he made day and night. Called it day and night. Evening and morning, it was the first day. And then he made the water cycle, the expanse, waters above, waters below. Congregated them in a variety of places and put this expand between them. The third day then, in the expanse below, he said, let the waters gather together. And so they, they ran to the seas, and they became seas and oceans and lakes, and those kinds of things. And then we begin the fourth day. Fourth day, let there be lights in the heavens to separate the day from the night. For signs, for seasons, for days, and for years, to provide light upon the earth. Two lights. A greater light to rule the day, which was called the what? Sun. The lesser light to rule the night. The moon. The stars. God saw that it was good. Evening and morning were the fourth day. Now, just just an observation and, and maybe a rhetorical question. Fourth day, we get the sun and we get the moon. And they're to be for what? For sign, for light, for a lesser light, but they're also to be for signs and seasons, days and, and weeks, you know. We're getting ready to come into spring. What is happening to the earth as we get towards spring? What's it doing? And it's rotating on its axis, right? Where the northern hemisphere is now closer to the sun than it was during the winter. That's why you need to wear a coat in the wintertime. Because it moves away from the sun and it gets colder when it moves away from the sun. The reason we don't wear coats in the, winter, in the summertime is the fact that the earth is now rotated on its axis, got closer to the sun, and now our temperatures are not 25 degrees in the daytime. They're, am I not right? What's happening? Okay. You know, you got a problem when what, your song leader's over there shaking his head going, oh. Well, let's just start again, okay? In the spring, it gets warmer. And the summer it gets warmer, and it, in the winter it gets colder. And this cycle that God established on the fourth day was for signs and for seasons. How do you know that, that spring is coming and getting here? I know you look at the calendar and it says spring, March 24th. But, but what do you see signs of? Flowers? Vegetation? Right? 
You see the temperature get, get higher. You see light lasts longer than it, than it did before, right? But light and dark, uh, light was created on the first day. But the sun and the moon and the stars were not created until the fourth day. Where was the light coming from in days one, two, and three? Hmm, I don't know. Fifth day, let the waters swarm with living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth, whales, dolphins, sharks. Kids always love sharks. Bass. Where would we be without bass, Mike? What's that? Uh, bass in the, uh, that we go fishing for. I mean, and salmon, trout, all according to their kind. And then schools of fish all in the, in the waters. Winged birds, wrenches, uh, wrenches, rent. Wrens, finches, cardinals, eagles, hawks, hummingbirds. God saw that it was good and blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters and the air. God gave them their natural instincts to reproduce. That's why salmon swim upstream to lay their eggs. That's why birds build nests in the spring and they know how to feed their young. Remember day four, signs and seasons God created in the cycle. Why is it that birds and butterflies fly south for the winter? Because they have second homes of vacation homes down in Florida and Mexico. No, because God put that natural instinct in them. The monarchs congregate every year in central Mexico by the gazillion. And then when it's time, they start flying north. Now, they won't make it all the way to their final destination in North America before they die. But along the way, they will hatch two or three hatchings of monarch butterflies. And those monarch butterflies will continue to go on north. Now, they just, their, their parents have just come from Mexico and are going north They've hatched them out, and they go, they go north. And then the grandkids keep on going north. And the great-grandkids, they finally make it up to Michigan. Why they would go to Michigan, I don't know, but that's beside the point. I know. Yeah. i just seen if you're paying attention. <laughs> A lot of milkweed, yeah. Monarchs are the milkweed eaters. They attach themselves to the milkweed plant. If you want monarch butterflies, plant milkweed. It's a pretty uh, secure formula. But the great-grandkids have never been to Mexico, and the great-grandkids, when it starts to get cold, guess where they head? Mexico. And they may not make it to Mexico, but they'll, they'll start heading down, and they'll have hatchlings and and broods all the way down to Mexico. And so the monarchs that end up in Mexico in the winter are maybe the fifth, sixth, or seventh generation, I don't know, from the monarchs that left. But yet they know how to get back to Mexico. God put that in their instincts when he created them on day five. 
He put in the secret code he gave to each and every one of the birds and the butterflies, the insects and all those things. Sixth day, he creates creatures, livestock, creeping things, beasts, domestic animals, sheep, goats, cattle, maybe horses and camels, who knows. Creeping things like rats, mice, lizards, spiders, beasts like lions, elephants, bears, and then finally, man. The heavens and the earth were finished. They were organized. They were in God's organization plan. And on the sixth day, he created man and his likeness and image let us make man in God's image. And God saw that it was what? What's that? No. Very good. Way to go, Derek. Gold star. Very good. All this other time it's been, and God saw that it was good. When he finished on the sixth day, it says... And God said it was very good. He was pleased with his creation and the way it had come about. And on the seventh day, he rested. Was he tired? No. He just blessed and made the seventh day holy. And he sat back and observed all of his creation. Now, it wasn't very long that the creation gets damaged. The intention of the Creator has not been kept. Mankind has listened to the temptation of the devil and has fallen to the temptation of sin. And yet, in chapter 3 of Genesis, we hear, after man has sinned, that they hear the sound of the Lord God in the garden. Now, Katie, have you ever sat at night and watched Trip sleep in his crib? Pretty often. New parent for the first time. New grandparents for the first time. They're sickening. Absolutely sickening. We were at Cattleman's, I don't know, four or five months ago. And I don't know whether it was Sunday afternoon or whether it was during the week or whatever, but there was a, two couples, and they were obviously new parents and first-time grandparents. And it was awful. I mean, it was terrible. The, the grandparents couldn't eat their dinner for looking at this little baby. Now, the parents were going, here, <laughs> you know. And we're gobbling food down. For the first time in maybe weeks or days, they had a chance to maybe eat a meal together without being interrupted by spit up or a diaper change or, or a crying baby or whatever. But the grandparents, ah, oh, they could just sit there and look at that little baby for hours. And I did the same thing with my grandkids. It's just, 
And so God is coming down. This is the way I imagine it. God is coming down. He's continuing to look at his creation because it was very good what he had created. And he loved it. And so apparently it was a frequent thing. I, I can't say that the Bible tells us that it is. But it wasn't uncommon, apparently, because the, 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 the man and woman that he had created recognized immediately who it was. They heard the sound of him in the garden, and they knew who it was. They knew they had sinned. They knew they were naked. They had made themselves clothed, and they went and hid themselves amongst the trees because they knew who was coming. So he had done it often enough with the same sound that they recognized it, and they knew that there was trouble in paradise, that there was trouble in the Garden of Eden, that they had done what God had told them not to do. But even after he had created it, created the world, God is sitting there looking at, wanting to enjoy a relationship with the, the creation. What he had created. And yet they, they ran and they hit on him. Seems clear to me. Maybe not to you, that the God of creation, the Lord God of creation, the God that was at the beginning with God Almighty, Jehovah, desires a relationship of a personal nature with his creation. Even after the creation was finished, he was continuing with this relationship. From the very beginning, the Lord God of creation wanted a relationship with the man of his creation. Today he's seeking you. He's calling out as he did to Adam and Eve. Where are you? He knows what you've done. He knows what you've said. He knows what you've thought. And yet... He still wants you, and he wants you to enter into a personal relationship with him. And you can do so. If you desire a personal relationship with God this morning, you can start again, or you can start for the very first time. God.